just heard Hell's Bells by ACDC, and yes, this is indeed episode 11 of Way Back When. I wanted to play Hell's Bells without any introduction or commentary to sort of have a bit more of an unusual and shocking opening to the show because ACDC went through an enormous change in 1979 and 1980. After the release of their album Highway to Hell, which was an enormous hit for them, they would go back into the studio to begin to record Back in Black, or at least songs that would appear on the Back Back in Black album. However, in 1980, Bon Scott, the original lead singer of ACDC, would tragically pass away after a night of drinking. He passed away due to misadventure. I won't go into the details of what caused his death because it's quite grim, but ACDC briefly considered breaking up. However, they decided not to because Bon Scott's family advised them to continue and they eventually realised that he would want them to continue on. So they recruited Brian Johnson to be their second singer, or their third singer rather, and things went enormously well for them. In 1980, in July of 1980, they would release their biggest album of all time, Back in Black. And the reason I wanted to play the Hell's Bells at the start is because it was the opening track of the album, and indeed it was quite a somber start to the album. But I'm actually going to be playing a lot of songs from ACDC's Back in Black album tonight. So I thought it best to spread them out because it was such an enormous album. Picking one or two songs from it really didn't seem like it would be doing them justice or the album justice. It was an absolute, an absolutely enormous hit for the band. And therefore, I'm going to be playing a lot of their music. Hell's Bells was the second single from the album that was released on the 31st of October. And it became a staple of their live concerts. It also featured on the soundtrack to the Stephen King film Maximum Overdrive, and it was a lot of people's first, I guess, introduction to Brian Johnson as the ACDC singer, if they hadn't heard the single beforehand or had just waited for the album to come out in its entirety. So that was Hell's Bells by ACDC, the first track from Back in Black that we are going to hear tonight. Coming up next, we move to a disco-y funk track. Yes, we are still in that era of music. Even though the 1970s have ended, 1980 and 1981 still had some lingering disco tracks around, including this one that was a massive hit, although definitely a one-hit wonder for the band Lips Inc. It came from their debut album and was released as the album's lead single. I'm going to play Funky Town up next by Lips Inc. You're listening to Way Back When, episode 11, and this is Tune FM 106.9.
listening to way back when episode 11 and that was funky town by lips inc i apologize if that song gets stuck in your head as many disco tracks from the late 70s and early 80s are tend to do coming up next we have a song that i can't believe i'm saying this was featured in shrek when i first started this show i did not think i was going to be playing any music from shrek on the show but there you go i'm going to be playing escape by rupert holmes up next otherwise known as the pina colada song Rupert Holmes writ and wrote and recorded this particular song for the Partners in Crime album. It was lead single for the album, and as well as being featured in Shrek, it also it also featured airtime in Guardians of the Galaxy, Grown Ups, The Goldbergs, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, among many others. It was a very very popular track. It reached third in the Australian charts, which is pretty incredible, and it was one of Rupert Holmes' biggest hits. In fact, it was probably his biggest hit of all time. So, with that being said, here is Escape by Rupert Holmes, otherwise known as the Pina Colada song. You're listening to. FM on 106.9 and this is episode 11 of Way Back When. Escape. 
You just heard Escape by Rupert Holmes here on Way Back When, episode 11, this is Tune FM. We move to pop now and more specifically a bit of a new wave sort of song. We're going to listen to Call Me by the American new wave band Blondie. Call Me was actually the theme to the 1980 film American Gigolo, which received a lot of acclaim for its soundtrack, a film that Roger Ebert would actually give three and a half stars out of four. Just a bit of interesting trivia for you there. Call Me was the number one in the Billboard Hot 100 for six consecutive weeks, where it became the the band's biggest single and it was knocked off after six weeks by Funky Town, believe it or not. It was also the year-end number one on the Billboard Hot 100. It was an incredibly popular song, very, very popular here in Australia, and it's actually written from the perspective of a male prostitute, which, again, a little bit of interesting trivia, especially if you listen to the lyrics quite specifically. So it is obviously one of the biggest songs of Blondie's career. They had many, many hits over their uh, years of actively writing music and touring, including Heart of Glass. Call Me, arguably their biggest one, one that a lot of people know from the band. Certainly not a one-hit wonder by any chance, but still a tremendous, tremendous track. So here is Call Me by Blondie up next on Way Back When, episode 11. You're listening to Tune FM on 106.9.
that was the catchy, seductive earworm Call Me by Blondie on episode 11 of Way Back When. I'm going to turn now back to ACDC's smash hit, Back in Black, the album released in 1980, just months after Bon Scott's untimely death. I'm now going to talk about the lead single of the album, You Shook Me All Night Long, one of ACDC's signature tracks, very rarely, if ever, in their recent concerts excluded from the live set list, and the first single they released with Brian Johnson as the lead singer, but the singles were not actually released until after the album was released, so it's not exactly like this particular song was the first thing that people heard of Brian Johnson. The album was released first, so technically Hell's Bells is the first chronological track to be heard with Brian Johnson's vocals, so we'll just clear that up right there. It was actually voted as number 63rd out of 100 on Triple M's Ozist 100, the most Australian songs of all time. It was a massive hit, especially in Australia. It did extremely well over here. It peaked at number 8 on the charts and was certified platinum three times in the United States. There's actually a bit of controversy about this song because even though the songwriters are credited as Angus Young, Malcolm Young and Brian Johnson, as a lot of their their big songs were written by the trio in the second era of the band, the controversy stems from the fact that a lot of people have actually claimed that the lyrics, or at least portions of the lyrics, were, were written by Bon Scott. Silver Smith, which were, who was the late former girlfriend of Bon Scott, said that she knew for sure the song was written at her own flat, and she, other people have come forward to state that specific lyrics were definitely written by Bon Scott in previous years. The more the lyric that tends to get the most uh, skepticism and the most scrutiny is, she told me to come, but I was already there, as you will hear in a minute. It's a quite a double entendre and quite a suggestive lyric, and that is quite similar with the rest of Bon's Scott's writing styles. He was quite a fan of double entendres, he was quite a fan of suggestive lyrics, and a lot of people have come out and said that that is 100% his. So whether that's true or not is not for me to determine, it's certainly something that will continue to be debated for years and years and years, but nevertheless You Shook Me All Night Long is still an incredible song. It's a song that people, well, some people like to consider it ACDC's biggest love song, and in a way I guess that's true. Another little interesting bit of trivia is that whenever the band are in concert, the line Uh, knocking me out with those American thighs is replaced with the country that the band is playing in. For instance, when they played in Australia last, uh, the concert I was at, Brian Johnson sang knocking me out with those Australian thighs. When they played in Argentina, uh, it was Argentinian thighs, and so on and so forth. So again, a nice little way of connecting to the audience further. So from Back in Black, I present to you the lead single of the album, You Shook Me All Night Long, the first single to feature Brian Johnson on lead vocals. This is Way Back When, episode 11 on Tune FM 106.9.
That was ACDC's first single with Brian Johnson as lead vocalist. You shook me all night long on Way Back When, episode 11. I'm going to turn now to ABBA, of course, the Swedish pop superstars who have been played a lot on this show over the past few years, given how successful they were. They remain one of the most successful albums of all time. And sadly, in 1980, they are sort of heading into the twilight of their careers at least their active careers, I should say. They would release one album in 1981 that obviously I will be featuring on next week, given it is the last ABBA album to date. But in 1980, they would release Super Trooper, the seventh studio album by the group, and it features the number one singles, The Winner Takes It All and Super Trooper, of course, and it became the biggest selling album of 1980 in the UK. It's quite an interesting uh, album when you look back and consider the personal issues that plagued the group during the recording and the writing of this particular album, given that The Winner Takes It All is widely considered Considered to actually be about Bjorn Alvaeus and Agnita's uh, divorce. Uh, so there was a bit of personal issues going on there. But the first song I'm going to play, I'm actually going to play three songs from ABBA back to back to back because it seems unjust to a band that did so, so exceptionally well not to give them a bit of attention coming into the end of their careers. And just to be perfectly honest, this album was a tremendously successful one and a very, very good album. It received fairly good reviews from critics. It was a really, really good collection of songs. It had several, several hits, several singles, and just songs that I really, really want to play because they're fantastic. So for the second to last time on Way Back When, they are going to feature on this episode. The first song I'm going to play is Super Trooper, the third single and obviously Lee and obviously um, title track from the album. The first single on the chronological track list, Super Trooper by ABBA coming up next on 106.9 Tune FM, the home of UNE student powered radio and way back when, this is episode 11. Super Trooper beams are gonna blind me but I won't feel blue like I always do cause somewhere in the crowd there's Sweep and sing Wishing every show was there 
That was Super Trooper by ABBA off of their album Super Trooper. You're listening to Way Back When, episode 11, and we're going to move straight into another ABBA song, again from that album, obviously. A very, very catchy song, and actually, according to Slant Magazine, the 66th greatest dance song of all time, according to their 2020 list. In 2006, they would release the original list, where it was actually placed higher at number 60, but 66 in the updated list. It was not a song that received a music video like some of the other singles, which is a bit quite interesting. It was still a very, very good song. It is Lay All Your Love On Me, which of course is made famous by the Mamma Mia, uh, I guess, music video in a way, sung by uh, Amanda Seyfried, quite notably. But in the studio album from Super Trooper, it was sung by Agnita Faltzkog, singing the lead vocals, and a very, very catchy song. Again, uh, more of a dance pop and a Euro pop electric sort of track which is sort of unusual compared to the rest of the album but still a very very good song it was not intended to be released as a single originally and it was only received a limited single release a 12 inch record form which is quite unusual at the time in the uk and a few other countries it's been covered numerous times but we're playing the original and the best version lay all your love on me by abba from super trooper coming up next on way back when episode 11 you're listening to tune fm on 106.9 
You just heard Lay All Your Love On Me by ABBA. Oh, this is episode 11 of Way Back When, and that was the second ABBA song that I've played tonight. And I'm now going to play the very last one. And if you're a fan of ABBA, and specifically the Super Trip album, you can probably guess what's coming next. The winner takes it all. It was the lead single from the album, being released on the 21st of July, months before the album would be released, actually, considering the album wasn't released until November. It was the group's first single after a seven-month hiatus, and it peaked at number one in several countries, including the UK, where it became their eighth chart topper, no surprises there, and it was the group's final top ten hit in the United States, and it was a ballad. I am a big fan of ballads. When done right, they can be extremely powerful tracks, and this one reflects the end of a romance. The original demonstration title was The Story of My Life. It was written once again by Bjorn Alvaeus and Benny Anderson, as were a lot of ABBA's hits, and uh, with Agnetha Foutskog singing the lead vocals, Excuse me for stumbling over my words there. Now, quite interestingly, Olveus denies the song is about Hearson Feltzkog's divorce, claiming that the song is completely fictional. However, that is disputed by a number of people, and as a matter of fact, the booklet for the double CD compilation of Abba's career, the, de- the definitive collection, actually states that the song is the song where Bjorn admits that the sad experience of his and Agnetha's divorce the previous year left its mark on the lyrics. So there you go. That's actually from... ABBA themselves, so it's a bit of an interesting little uh, dispute there. As a matter of fact, it the American critic Chuck Klosterman would actually say that the song is the only pop song that examines the self-aware guilt one feels when talking to a person who has humanely obliterated your heart. That's a uh, direct quote there. And he went on to state that he finds Alvaeus's denial hard to believe in light of the original title. The story of my life is what I mean by that. So... And one more little interesting bit of trivia is that Foltzkog herself would say that The Winner Takes It All is a favourite ABBA song of all time, and she would claim that it has an excellent set of lyrics. And as a matter of fact, in a 1999 poll, The Winner Takes It All was voted Britain's favourite ABBA song, and in 2010 it would take out the, exa- the same uh, vote and the same title, I guess. And then in 2006, a poll for Channel 5 program, The Winner Takes It All was voted Britain's favourite breakup song. High praise there. So as arguably one of ABBA's biggest hits, although there are so, so many, it's sort of hard to quantify them all, The Winner Takes It All is the last song I'm going to play from ABBA tonight. One more song we played from their career, though, that will be their finale next week. So make sure to tune in for that. If you're an ABBA fan, you want to hear the last thing we hear from them on this show. Nonetheless, Winner Takes It All is coming up next on Way Back When, episode 11. One last little interesting bit of trivia about this track is that it actually featured a very rarely heard ABBA song Elaine as the B-side to the single it is not Elaine is not a specific uh, track to an album and therefore a lot of people forget that ABBA actually released that song so maybe go and check that one out after this show but for now The Winner Takes It All by ABBA you're listening to episode 11 of Way Back When on Tune FM 106.9 History. I played all my cards, and that's what you've done too. Nothing more to say, no more race to play. The winner takes it all, the loser standing small. 
That was the incredible ballad, The Winner Takes It All by ABBA on 106.9 Tune FM. This is way back when, episode 11. And that was a wonderful song by a wonderful band who were slowly reaching the end of their active careers. Time now to turn back to ACDC's Back in Black. We turn from a band that is slowly reaching the end of their careers to a band that are just beginning to experience their second wind. Back to, Back in Black, again, as I said before, was released in 1980. It was recorded from mid-April to May, rather interestingly, in the Bahamas and the area they were recording was being hit by severe tropical storms which was wreaking havoc on the studio's electricity and Brian Johnson was actually quite freaked out and scared given the severity of the storms. He quite famously and amusingly remarked that it was a long way from Newcastle. There you go. So the bad weather would actually be referenced in the opening lines of Hell's Bells if you noticed from earlier. I'm rolling thunder, pouring rain, I'm coming on like a hurricane. So there you go. A little bit of interesting trivia for you there. But I'm going to play now a massive massive hit from the album and in fact the only song from ACDC that I'm playing tonight that wasn't actually a single from the album. It is the second track on the album's track list. It is Shoot to Thrill. It was actually uh, rather notably played on uh, in the Iron Man 2 movie, which I found hilarious. But Shoot to Thrill, as explained by Brian Johnson, the lead singer and one of the songwriters, he recalled reading a British article about a neighbourhood pusher who made daily rounds, sort of like a milkman figure. Throughout the London suburbs, however, he would sell narcotics to bored, lonely and depressed housewives. These housewives would then peruse the local clubs and bars, seeking out extramarital affairs. There you go. The term Shoot to Thrill actually is claimed to refer to certain solutions such as diazepam, otherwise known as Valium, which is often administered to treat anxiety and depression. So with that said, we're going to play Shoot to Thrill now on episode 11 of Way Back When, the only non-single album uh, song from Back in Black being played tonight. Still a fan favourite though, still a very good song and one often played in concert. You're listening to Way Back When, episode 11. This is Shoot to Thrill by ACDC. <laughs>
That was Shoot to Thrill by ACDC on 106.9 Tune FM, the home of UNE Student Powered Radio and the home of Way Back When. This is episode 11. We are indeed going to go over time tonight, and for that, I do apologise. This show generally has a runtime of around about an hour, but sometimes, especially of late, we have been going a little bit over, sometimes very much over. So I do apologise, but I hope that you enjoy the extra time and the extra songs that I can squeeze in. So we turn now from ACDC to another rock band albeit a rock band that was experiencing a lot of turmoil in the 80s and indeed from 1980 and that is KISS I have said before many times that KISS were my favourite band before I discovered Nightwish and Sabaton but KISS in the 80s certainly were not having a good time their best work and certainly their most success was experienced in the 70s and in 1980 they would release Unmasked a KISS album that was Probably one of the first Kiss albums post their big hit that actually received more negative uh, attention than it did positive. Interestingly enough, Peter Chris was credited on the album. However, he had no involvement with the recording whatsoever. Anton Fig played all the drums uncredited, much like he did on the previous album, Dynasty. And it was actually around this time that Peter Chris and Ace Frehley notably began to drift away from the band. This would be one of the last uh, albums that had the two original members Peter Chris and Ace Frehley on it before they would eventually leave the so, the studio the album excuse me released three singles the first one the lead single is what I'm going to play now Shandy it's again a quite an unusual song as far as Kiss goes it's more of a pop rock song rather than a hard rock song as they were known for excuse me and it was only funnily enough only featured two original members on the track itself uh kiss uh frontman paul stanley would sing lead vocals and play the lead guitar and ace fraley would play the acoustic guitars anton fig would play the drums and there was no need to have bassist gene simmons play whatsoever i personally think it's quite a good track it's one of not my favorite kiss songs but certainly one that i think is very underrated i think it is a very nice track a very different track compared to kiss's sound even though they have done soft ballads in the past this was probably one of the first pop sort of pop rocky songs that they actually played. I spoke a lot last week about them dipping their toes into the pool of disco with Owls Made for Loving You, and this I think was a similar sort of effort to dip into the poppy sort of scene, although with much less success. So I'm going to play it for you now off the Unmasked album, the sort of the beginning of Kiss's decline and slump in the 80s. We have Shandy coming up next on 106.9 Tune FM. This is Way Back When, episode 11.
That was Shandy by Kiss, the lead single and one of the only notable tracks of their 1980 album Unmasked. One little bit of information about Shandy that I'm just going to tell before we get on to the next song was actually that Shandy is only really played in Australian concerts. They toured Europe and Australia after the release of Unmasked because their popularity was at an all-time high, especially in Australia. And Shandy actually did so well in Australia, it cracked the top five on the charts compared to only getting as high as 47 in the US, that they still actually play Shandy in Australia on occasion. The last time they came out to Australia in 2015, they played it at all of their Australian shows, and it's pretty much the only track from Unmasked that still gets any sort of concert airtime. I just thought that was quite interesting. I move now to a song from the Village People. Now I was actually going to play this song as the penultimate track, the last track before I played the main event of tonight, but I just thought that it fit more as a nice transition from Shandy to the song that I'm going to be playing after this next one. And that is Can't Stop the Music. That was the first release of the, uh, the, not the first release, but more the lead single off of the album, Can't Stop the Music. That was actually the soundtrack album to their film, Can't Stop the Music. And the less said about that film, the better. It was a commercial and a box office failure, and it actually won two of the first ever Razzie Awards. So not a good day at the office for the village people in that regard. Just for, uh, if you wanted to know, it won Worst Picture and Worst Screenplay. So definitely two Razzies that you really don't want to win. So hard luck, village people there. But the only song that did get a lot of airtime and a lot of positive uh, reception from the public was Can't Stop the Music. And even though the soundtrack album did do a lot better than the movie itself, Can't Stop the Music, definitely the highlight. It is the first, it is the one of the first songs that is actually have the lead vocals sung by the replacement cop character, Ray Simpson, after the exit of original lead singer Victor Willis. It reached quite uh, high in Australia in terms of charts. It was number one in the charts in Australia and indeed finished number 
six on the year-end charts. It did exceptionally well in the UK as well, number 11. It didn't exactly do too well in the US, but definitely in other parts of the world, very, very positively received. So uh, Can't Stop the Music, a song that is still popular to this day, even among Village People fans. By the Village People, Can't Stop the Music is coming up next on episode 11 of Way Back When, looking at the best music from 1980. This is Tune FM 106.9. Cheesy! 
You're listening to Way Back When, episode 11, and that was Can't Stop the Music by The Village People. I'm returning now to the amazing ACDC album Back in Black, released just months after frontman Bon Scott's tragic and untimely death. After he died, he would be buried in Fremantle, Western Australia, his place of birth, and his gravesite has actually become a cultural landmark. The National Trust of Australia would declare his grave important enough to be included on the list of classified heritage places more than 28 years after he died, and it is reportedly the most visited grave in Australia. When I make my trip over to Western Australia at some point in the future, I will most assuredly be visiting his grave. On the 7th of July 2006, to mark his 60th birthday, the Metropolitan Cemeteries Board completed refurbishments on his grave's area. This would consist of a specially named Bon Scott Arch and Memorial Entrance Gate off of Carrington Street in the northwest corner of the Fremantle Cemetery. And then just two days later, on the 9th of July, 60 years to the day from his birth, the bronze plaque was nicked. Someone actually stole the site, so to whoever desecrated his gravesite, um... Yeah, thanks for that, you ass. So, the uh, in addition to his gravesite, a bronze statue of Scott was actually unveiled at Fremantle Fishing Boat Harbour on the 24th of February 2008, which portrays Scott atop a Marshall amplifier, which has in itself become a popular tourist attraction and landmark. And of course, ACDC, the band themselves, would release uh, many tributes to Scott uh, as an artist. They would release a box set entitled Bonfire as a tribute to Scott in 1997, which would contain four albums. And they would actually release a rarities album as part of that package with alternate takes, outtakes and stray live cuts, which is definitely worth a listen. So after his death, obviously, as we know, Brian Johnson would be hired and the band would release Back in Black. And I'm now going to play the fourth single, in fact, the fourth and final single from from the album rock and roll ain't noise pollution something that i think a lot of people could do well to remember it is the 10th and final track of the album and was actually only written because the band's management recommended they write one more song to make 10 tracks in the album rather than nine as a matter of fact the young brothers actually wrote the song in about 15 minutes flat and brian johnson recalled that he would never ever forget the start of the song it also had received a bit of airplay in videos like No Ball, Plug Me In, and Family Jewels, and it would appear on the box set Bonfire, as I mentioned before, that was released in 1997. It's a very, very good song, and it's a bit of an anthem for people that, again, like hard rock music, that like to play it loud as much as possible, because rock and roll ain't noise pollution, something that, again, a lot of people should keep in mind. This is Way Back When, Episode 11, and this is Rock and Roll Ain't Noise Pollution, the final track from Back in Black. You're listening to Tune FM on 106.9.
That was Rock and Roll, A Noise Pollution by ACDC. You're listening to Way Back When, episode 11. Again, I apologise for going so far over time, but we do have a few more songs to play before we wrap things up. And next up is a song by a debutante, as a matter of fact. We've spoken a lot during this our last hour about bands who released singles and songs and albums during the 1980s that were continuations of their careers. But in 1980, a superstar would emerge, and that was Joan Jett. Joan Jett did previously have a band called The Runaways, however they disbanded, and so she released a debut album in 1980, and the lead single from this particular album was Bad Reputation, a song that has become very, very famous, again, not just for this reason, but also because it was featured in Shrek. I don't know why this show, uh, this episode happens to have such a large influx of Shrek-related music, but anyway, Bad Reputation would be released in 1981, but again, the album was released in 1980, so I'm calling it fair. The album, uh, the song itself was actually so popular that the album would be re-released. Originally, the album was just called Joan Jett, but it would be re-released as Bad Reputation because the song was such an immess- such a massive kickstarter for her solo career. She would later form a band, The Blackhearts, and would release music under Joan Jett at at in the Black Arts, but this was purely under her own name, a very, very fantastic way to, I guess, announce your single, uh, your solo career, and it's a song that I think is very, very catchy, and I'm going to play it for you now. A hard rock song, a fantastic hard rock song from an incredible singer in the 80s, with elements of new wave, glam, and punk as well. It's got the entire package, Bad Reputation by Joan Jett, up next on 106.9 Tune FM. This is Way Back When, episode 11.
You're listening to 106.9 Sheen FM, and that was Joan Jett's Bad Reputation, an incredible debut single from a very incredible artist. I move now to Australian Crawl, a band that was active exclusively in the 80s and very, very late 70s. It is an Australian band, obviously, uh, commonly referred to as The Crawl or Aussie Crawl by the fans. They had a very short but sweet career, and it's nice to get a bit of Australian music on the show. Obviously, we've had a lot of ACDC, but it's nice to get a few more Australian artists in as well. They would uh, have, as I said, a very, very short career, and their first song, Beautiful People, was released in 79 before their debut album, Boys Light Up, was released in 1980, and it is the title track from that album that I'm going to play right now, The Boys Light Up. It became very popular in Australia, it became exceptionally popular in their hometown, and it's a song that still a lot holds up even today. I will give you a bit of warning, the lyrics are a tad explicit, so just bear that in mind as you listen to it. Boys Light Up coming up next on Way Back When, Episode 11, an Australian classic from 1981. This is Way Back When, Episode 11 on Tune FM 106.9. <laughs>
That was catchy Australian hit, The Boys Light Up, by Australian Crawl here on Way Back When, episode 11. I know for a fact that my younger brother Will absolutely hates that song, so for the hell of it, I'm going to dedicate that song to him. Coming up next, we have the final song of Way Back When, episode 11. Of course, it's from Back in Black by ACDC, and I'm not even going to try and be coy about it. It is the title track, of course, a, a Back in Black, because what else could it be? So when the album was released, it became an unprecedented success. It was supported with a year-long world tour that would cement ACDC among one of the most po- among the most popular acts of the early 1980s and since the original release in 1980 the album has been reissued and remastered multiple times mostly for digital distribution in 2019, in fact, it was officially certified as 25 times platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America, meaning that it was certified to have sold over 25 million sales in America, which is absolutely insane, and it has become one of the best-selling albums in music history. As a matter of fact, it is considered, and I say considered because it's unverified, to have sold over 50 million copies, but it has total certified copies of 29.4 million, which places it as the second spot. It is the second best-selling album of all time, only being beaten out by Michael Jackson's Thriller that would be released two years later. The album would receive positive critical reception during its initial release and has been included on many lists of greatest albums, ACDC and all time. And as a matter of fact, another interesting bit of trivia, the album's all-black cover was designed as a sign of mourning for Bon Scott. The record label initially refused to release it with that cover, but they eventually came to a compromise, which is the band's logo being placed in an outline of grey. That's why the album looks like that, in case you were wondering. Excuse me. So the album, again, it sold exceptionally well, obviously, being the second best-selling of all time. And although the album would receive some mixed reviews and some negative for being a little bit too bland and a little bit too uh, sexual and suggestive for some people's liking, overall it is considered to be one of, well, it is ACDC's best and biggest album, and it received enormous critical acclaim each time it is re-released. It is one of the best albums of all time. And the song, Back in Black, the final song that I'm going to play tonight, is the band's tribute to Bon Scott. Brian Johnson recalled to Mojo Magazine back in 2009 that the band actually asked him to write a lyric for this song and he wrote what came into his head which at the time he said sounded like mumbo jumbo but the ACDC would recognise that what he had written was actually a fairly accurate reflection of Bon Scott's life so that's quite a nice little uh, piece of trivia. It is a fairly, I think it's fairly safe to say it is a staple of ACDC's live concerts. It has very rarely, if ever, been skipped after it was released. And even to this day, it is still a very, very well, uh, well-received well song every time it gets played. And there was no better song in the year 1982 finish off tonight's show with than Back in Black. In terms of certifications, it was certified exceptionally well again, three times platinum in the US. Uh, it charted well, as you would expect, including number one on the US hard rock digital songs. It's been covered many, many times, and it's been featured on many ACDC live albums. There's not really too much to say of it. It's incredible. It is an incredible song from an incredible hard rock album, one of the best of all time, and there is absolutely no way that I could have finished this show off with anything else. Please enjoy From Back in Black to end tonight's show, Back in Black by ACDC. This has been Way Back When, episode 11. It's been an absolute pleasure bringing it to you, as always. Join me next week as I count down some of the best music from 1981. But for now, though, please have a good night and enjoy Back in Black by ACDC, one of the best songs from one of the best albums of all time. Have a good night. (laughs) 